You're jaywalking. You have to pay 200 pesos fine. Oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am, but I'm late for class already and my teacher will mark me absent. Oh, which school do you go to? You know, Eroragia School of Law, just down the street. And what class are you going? Law 201. And who is your teacher? The popular attorney, John Santos. Oh, the handsome guy? Is he still single? Can you pass him my cell phone number? Miss, you asking me all this question, you're being annoying. Did you know that Article 287 states that you can be fined 200 pesos for that? So let's just offset my jaywalking fine. Meeting adjourned. Goodbye. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Bananaki Podcast. Today we will be talking about some weird laws that Filipinos still have to live with which we found an article from philippino.net, our Suki source. Yes. Filipino. (laughs) (laughs) So, because we do have a lot of laws that I think has been outdated and Mm. our congressmen and our senators didn't have the time to actually repeal or change these laws. And, And we found these laws really interesting. So we should start with the first one, marriage extinguishes Criminal liability of rape. Wow. Mm. So according to Republic Act 8353, the anti-rape law of 1997, which, by the way, was a huge leap forward in the country's drive against rapists, unfortunately had a tiny setback, specifically Article 266, Section C. Wow. Mm. Very specific, which states, The subsequent valid marriage between the offended party shall extinguish the criminal action or the penalty imposed. In case it is the legal husband who is the offender, the subsequent forgiveness by the wife as the offended party shall extinguish the criminal action or the penalty, provided that the crime shall not be extinguished or the penalty shall not be abated if the marriage is void ab initio. Oh my God. Similar to to other laws, it's so confusing to read this (laughs) as it is, right? So what does this mean? So the offender being free from criminal liability after marrying the victim is tied closely to a Spanish-era provision in the Revised Penal Code, specifically Article 344, which states, in cases of seduction, abduction, Acts of lasciviousness and rape, the marriage of the offender with the offended party shall extinguish the criminal action or remit the penalty already imposed to him. So what does this mean? So that means if you raped somebody, if a guy rapes a lady and then subsequently they became married, that is like a forgiveness already of the rape, Mm. right? And so the guy will no longer be criminally liable, which is strange, I think. Yeah, and I think it ties to how some parents, I hope not nowadays, but if something happened to their daughter, right? Like, Mm. she had relations with a guy, they will force the guy to marry her. So maybe it's like they're threatening the guy. If this is considered rape, if you don't marry her, then you're going to go to jail. (laughs) I don't know, right? (laughs) Well, that's... mm, But that's counterintuitive, right? Because the parents forcing the couple, the two, to get married will extinguish or will kind of free the guy from yeah. the criminal liability. No, but the thing is, um, o- older people used to think that, you know, the fact that you're no longer a virgin, you know, nobody's mm. going to want you anymore or something. So they're going to uh-huh. want you to marry that guy, even if, you know, that's not even like you don't, you're not really in love with him or something, which is wrong, I right? See. Someone talked to me about this before that one of her friends did that, forced her daughter 
to marry a guy just because they had relations. And the mm. daughter ended up being miserable. So that's not mm. a good way to go about doing things. But apparently, that's a thing in the Philippines in the past, I, I hope. I see. Yeah. But if we try to understand what this law is about, it's probably focusing on forgiveness, mm. right? Yeah. Um, if if the two in the end gets married, then it's better for them to start a new chapter in life and forget about the rape. Is, is that what it is? Like, mm, I no. Don't know. But it seems wrong, right? That the fact that the mm. guy raped someone and then he gets mm. to marry her seems very. I mean, if mm. I were raped by someone, I don't think I would want to be married to that guy. You know what I mean? So this is mm. a weird law. But to be fair, I, I think see. I've heard that this is also a thing, not just in the Philippines but in other countries as well. And other people mm. also think that this it's wrong. But there is kind of a phrase here that at least safeguards the the bride right it says provided that the crime shall not be extinguished or the penalty shall not be abated if the marriage is void ab initio meaning if the lady was forced into marrying the guy by the parents mm. then the marriage was null and void in the first place because she was coerced right so mm. if she was able to prove that in court then probably she still can sue I guess if 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 she it. goes through annulment, right, and then mm. this is the reason, then also she can still sue the guy for rape afterwards. So the second one that we picked from the list is you can still get jailed for offending religious feelings. So this obscure penal law, which dates back to the religiously fervent Spanish era again, and which was the main charge against Carlos Celdran, states that the penalty of arresto mayor in its maximum period to prisión correccional in its minimum period shall be imposed upon anyone who, in a place devoted to religious worship or during the celebration of any religious ceremony, shall perform acts notoriously offensive to the feelings of the faithful. So this can be found in Article 133 of the Revised Penal Code. So I looked up who Carlos Sardan was and what his case was about. And there was an article on manilastandard.net about it. And it states, Carlos Aldran is best known for his 2010 Damaso stunt where he wore 19th century clothing complete with bowler hat in reference to national hero Jose Rizal and stood in the middle of a mass attended by high-ranking clergy at the Manila Cathedral holding up a placard bearing the word Damaso. The word refers to the abusive priest in Rizal's novel Noli Metangere and is shorthand for the excesses of friars that characterized the Spanish colonial period in the Philippines. In a 2019 documentary by Siena Hagedorn, Alexandra Gordon and Catherine Los Calzo, Seldran said the message he wanted to send the bishops was, Stop getting involved in politics. At the time, then-President Noynoy Aquino was pushing for the passage of the Reproductive Health Bill but was being blocked by efforts of the Catholic Church in the Philippines, which is against contraception for religious reasons. So Seldran was sued by lay Catholics under a blasphemy law, which we mentioned, right? The Offending Religious Feelings Law. And after years of litigation, Seldran was sentenced to one year, one month, and 11 days in prison. I don't know why it's very specific. What's one, with one, 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 one. <laughs> but, one, 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 one. but he fled to Madrid into exile, as he put it. So he pulled a Jose Rizal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. gosh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is quite recent, right? I mean, in the, in the mm. past decade, right? 
Yes, yeah. A bit more than a decade. I think it's outdated, right? I mean, from the very beginning, they always state that the church and state should be separate. And then it's actually not the case in the Philippines, right? A lot of laws are blocked by especially the Catholic Church because it's very popular in the Philippines. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of influence from the Catholic Church uh, yeah. legislation, right? But it is quite strange offending religious feelings and then Yeah, but I think it's because Filipinos are sensitive. We we talked about the previous mm. ep- in previous episodes, right? Like That's you right. cannot say something against the Philippines or against the religion in the Philippines. Mm. without people getting offended by it and calling you persona non grata but apparently this is worse because you could actually get jailed for it if it's in mm. you know if it's offending a religious person i think i read somewhere that they were saying like it's ridiculous that one could get jailed for basically like a prank or something right mm. like you just went in, i mean yeah it's rude but is that really <laughs> cause to put someone in jail Right? He didn't put anyone no. in danger or something. You know what I mean? Was Carlos Saldran doing it for TikTok or was he That's 2010. There was no TikTok. <laughs> Viral. <laughs> Damaso. I think it went, it trended on Twitter because back then mm. there was already Twitter. So probably there, yeah. And then what's the significance of the sentence? One year, one month, 11 days. One, 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 one. Is that representative of nails? So was Carlos Adran being crucified? <laughs> I don't know. With this sentence? <laughs> Maybe. I wonder how he was able to flee to Madrid, though. Right? So he well, had a separate passport? I don't know. Or we just had really lax security, or I don't know. Yeah, Especially back then, it was not that digital yet, probably. Mm, could be, could be. Mm. Maybe he had a passport from Recto. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And the name was Damaso. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. And it says, widows must observe 301-day rule before marrying again. Ooh. So, Section 351 of the Revised Penal Code states that any widow who shall marry within 301 days from the date of the death of her husband or before having delivered, if she shall have been pregnant at the time of his death, shall be punishable by arresto mayor and a fine not exceeding 500 pesos. Okay, 500 pesos also (laughs) is... Probably, re- if this law is still valid, then the, the fine of 500 pesos requires updating as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rationale behind, according to this article, behind this law was to prevent confusion as to the paternity and filiation of the child. In effect, making this also an enforced mourning period for women, according to its critics who say that the advent of modern technology, which makes paternity testing readily available, has rendered this law obsolete. 301 days. I know. That's, that's too much. Huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose. Nine months, right? After giving birth. But the point is, um, why why is this the reason? Because you don't know if the child belonged to the one who died or to the new husband. Yeah. So what? Like, why does that matter? <laughs> the other guy is dead, right? Like, whichever... I, I don't understand what is the logic for this. <laughs> like if, if, for example, you are a guy, you're going to marry, mm. for example, a, a widow and she's mm. pregnant and it's the former guy's baby, you're still going to act as the father of the baby, aren't you? 
Yeah. Well, well, I suppose this law is trying to protect the guy, maybe, so, yep. such that, you know, he, there's no surprise, right? Uh, mm. If the guy finds out that, oh, you're pregnant and it's not my child, then I suppose <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, you should have told me or something like that. But 301 days, <laughs> pregnancy becomes obvious as early as, I don't know, Three how months? many months? Three months? Maybe. I'm not entirely sure, but very mm. weird. <laughs> Very weird law indeed. And then 500 pesos. <laughs> so the next one is, you cannot own a deadly pana. What? <laughs> Very weird, right? <laughs> one of the more obscure laws made during the 1960s was Republic Act Number no. 3553 or the Anti-Pana Law. Under this law, anyone who possesses a deadly arrow or pana without a permit from a city, municipal, or municipal district mayor, shall be punished by imprisonment for a period of not less than 30 days, nor more than 6 months. The phrase deadly arrow or pana as used in this act means any arrow or dart that when shot from a bow or slingshot can cause injury or death of a person. However, anyone who uses the pana for his livelihood can still apply for a permit from his or her mayor. We are guessing the increasing number of pana incidents spurred the creation of this law. Okay, but what's the difference between a deadly pana and a non-deadly pana, actually? I mean, <laughs> they all deadly? I'm confused. Um, maybe if it's not too sharp, then it's okay. Oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> then, I don't know. Then you become more susceptible to tetanus than the actual, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. How do you consider a non-deadly pana? Yeah, if it's poison tipped, oh, that's obviously deadly. But I mean, the mm. the other pa- uh, panas, the other arrows are still deadly. I think depends on who uses it, right? Like, obviously, if you're a terrible shot, then no matter what pana you use, they're not <laughs> deadly because they're not gonna land where they're supposed to. <laughs> but if, let's say, you're Katniss Everdeen or Legolas <laughs> or, or Hawkeye. Mm. Then anything can be a deadly arrow, right? Because you're mm. good. You're a sharpshooter. That's right. That's right. Well, is there anyone still using pana in, in the Philippines? I That or? I don't know. We should ask the people. Because this is a 1960s thing. Yeah, I, I would imagine probably not. I mean, it's easier to kill with, with a gun, right? Mm. What if you play archery? That's still deadly, no? Yeah, that's true. Does that mean that we don't have archery in the Philippines? I don't think that's the case because I remember when I tried archery one time in Singapore and posted about it, um, there was someone who commented on my post, you know, that Mm. he does archery and he's in the Philippines. Unless that person had a permit from the city or municipality, that was... But I don't think so, right? (laughs) Because you can buy one readily. Well, I guess the one who is doing the archery is using it for their livelihood so they can actually technically <laughs> apply for the permit, right? <laughs> so maybe it's fine as long as you. it's very clear that you're not trying to kill people, you're just trying to do an archery thing. I don't know. Mm-mm. Just don't bring the panna and show the Boy Scout sign. The, what's that? How, how do you say the mocking J? You mean the three fingers, right? Yeah, it's the same as the Boy Scout sign. Oh, is that the Boy Scout sign? <laughs> what does it mean in Boy Scouts? <laughs> because uh, in, in Mockingjay, it's like to you're trying to salute or to honor the dead or something, right? Wasn't it something like that? Yeah, that's that's how Boy Scouts salute. 
It's it's three fingers. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So they appropriated yeah. the Boy Scout sign. <laughs> yes, they copied the Boy Scouts <laughs> sign. It's the mocking Jay sign. The next one is your family members and in-laws who commit theft, swindling, and malicious mischief against you are not criminally liable. What? Ooh. What in the name? So according <laughs> to Article 332 of the Revised Penal Code, no criminal but only civil liability shall result from the commission of crime, of theft, swindling, or malicious mischief committed or caused mutually by the following persons. Mm-hmm. Spouse, ascendants, descendants, so essentially relatives, widowed spouse, brothers, sisters, as to who, why the offended party cannot pursue criminal charges, it is on the ground of preserving family harmony and solidarity. Wow, wow. okay. But this is problematic to me. What if you have a problematic brother that means he can just mm. steal your stuff and get away with it, right? But I suppose he could still be, um, you can still sue him civilly. Is that the right term? Ah, uh, yeah. So the, the person committing the crime, or it's not a crime now, will be liable for civil liability. So mm. money will have to be returned, et cetera, et cetera. So, but that person cannot be jailed or something. Ah, right? it's not, okay. It's not a crime. So to preserve family harmony you cannot sue for criminal charges but there are so many ways to abuse this right that's the thing um yeah because it includes in-laws what if you didn't know that your father-in-law was a robber or something (laughs) just steals everything in your vault and you know it's he, he should go to jail for that shouldn't he if he did something like that you're right it does include in-laws. Yeah, it includes in-laws. It's not just like your blood brother. It's this is and even so if your blood brother stole your okay, I don't know why. In my <laughs> imagination, you, you're very rich, you have like a vault with like a lot of diamonds for some reason, and he stole it. I, I've been watching mm. too many heist movies. But anyway, he should go to jail, right? And now he the Philippines he can't because he's your brother. It just needs to return the stuff to you and that's right. <laughs> It's not. Sisters and brothers-in-law are included, but half-sister and half-brothers are not included. Now okay. that I'm reading this that's again. That's very, there you go. That's very weird already, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about family solidarity because in the Philippines, family is a big deal, yes. right? <laughs> Why this is... The law is very protective of the family. Mm-hmm. It's the foundation of our country. Okay, so that means I can steal from my family. Got it. Okay, no, maybe not. <laughs> that's a wrong... <laughs> Please don't steal from your family. (laughs) Yes. Okay, please don't, guys. I was just joking. The next law is squatting is not a crime. So Republic Act 8368 or the Anti-Squatting Law Repeal Act of 1997 repealed former President Marcos's presidential degree number 772, which penalized squatting, technically making it a non-crime as of today on the basis that squatters are also victims of an unequal justice and social system. As a small consolation to the hapless property owners, however, the Act still penalizes professional squatters and syndicates according to the provisions of another controversial law, Republic Act 7279, which is better known as the Lina Law. I've heard about this, obviously, and that's why it's when, you know, as an overseas Filipino worker, you want to buy property, like, a lot mm. back home as, you know, something that you maybe plan to have as your property when you go back home someday or something. And they always say that it's a risk 
that you're not around to look after it, then there might be squatters. Then you cannot right. kick them out, right? No, I don't think so. Unless that person is part of professional squatting and <laughs> yeah. syndicate. So you so, need to yeah. prove also that they are professional squatters mm-hmm. or part of a syndicate. I mean, I do kind of understand, I suppose, that that was the purpose, that the unequal just like they're poor and that's why they can't afford it. But it still seems wrong to me, mm. right? And not all people who own property are mega rich and deserve to have their properties taken away from them. That's right. So the injustice of society is kind of born by you because you didn't check that there was a squatter. Yeah, or property. you didn't hire a guard or something who was looking mm. at their property 24-7 or whatever. Aside from risks to OFWs, also there's a possibility that, say, you buy a property from a bank f- foreclosure mm. and then you purchase that and then you didn't know that there was a squatter. Actually, mm. the the bank can still sell the property because in their fine print, they say, I'm selling this property as the way it is. Oh and my if there God. are squatters there, oop, sorry, you bought it from me. That's, That's your property also. now. You have to take care of the squatter now. So yeah, you have to really make sure due diligence. The next one is Metro Manila has a convoluted traffic scheme. Mm, interesting. So this was first implemented by MMDA or Metro Manila. I don't actually know what DA <laughs> means. <laughs> okay, so never the, mind. It's the traffic traffic yeah, administration. Yeah, the traffic authority. Now, yes, authority. The Unified Vehicle Volume Reduction Programs. Original purpose was to decrease traffic congestion in the metropolis through a number coding scheme. So vehicles with license plates ending in a certain number were not allowed on the streets in a particular day. <laughs> so for example, okay, Monday number seven. Mm-mm. What does that mean? On Monday, all license plates ending in seven are not allowed to drive. <laughs> <laughs> are not allowed on the street. Yeah. Uh, which, which can be very confusing, right? Because what if you forgot? Or if you drive, that means regularly you need to go to somewhere and then yeah it doesn't mean like work from home wasn't popular before yes. so does that mean hey boss I'll, i can't come to the office because you know i'm coding uh, <laughs> my license plate is not allowed today so i don't know yeah does this really help though like if i'm rich i could just buy all the cars with different license plates right yeah i was gonna say that that's what happened in the end the mm. rich people bought two vehicles to circumvent this so this did not mm. help at all yeah. <laughs> i think also um what they do though is that the rule the rule applies after a certain time because i seem to remember that when i was staying with a friend in manila they would like okay we we can go there but we need to drive before 7 a.m for example because mm. the the law only applies once it's after 7 a.m. Ah. Yeah. But what if you're stuck in traffic? Yeah. So <laughs> you you prepared ahead. Okay, let's let's you know depart by 6 a.m. so that we avoid. But then there was massive traffic congestion. Because everyone was also <laughs> thinking the same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> then you're all and you notice like that traffic jam uh, all the license plates have number seven it was like oh everyone will be caught because everybody's stuck in traffic yes mm. so the next one is one that I'm afraid of 
Because the law is annoying people can be charged for being merely annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird law. I've never oh, heard of no. this before. <laughs> the second paragraph of Article 287 states that any other coercion or unjust vexations shall be punished by arresto menor or a fine ranging from 5 pesos to 200 pesos or both. Okay, it's fine then. It's not that big uh, a fine <laughs> if I got somehow charged with this. So it says that both legal experts and laymen have condemned unjust vexation as an ambiguous catch-all provision with no specific meaning, merely something to charge annoying people with. Like, what is the definition of annoying? What if, like, oh, I hate your <laughs> the way you dress because, you know, you're, you're wearing bright clothes all the time. Like, it annoys my eyes. Or I mean, it could be anything, right? Right. <laughs> and if you if you're annoying ten times in one day, then you need to pay two hundred pesos <laughs> to each of those ten, or maybe to the same person. Oh, you've been annoying to me five times: one during breakfast, uh, <laughs> one during lunchtime. So, no, I don't think you pay the person, right? If it's a fine, it goes to the government, doesn't it? Huh? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so. <laughs> But I could imagine, like, for example, people who are very noisy, like, at night, especially in a school mm. night, that could be a valid, annoying person complaint, I would think, right? Like, even in, mm. you know, other countries, like, say, Hong Kong, if you're too noisy mm. after, like, say, 10 p.m. or something, they could call the police. I, I don't know what's the fine. Usually, the police just go and knock and, like, scold people. I don't know what happens after that, like... If you don't stay quiet afterwards, do you get fined or what? I also have no idea. But but I mean, that's valid. But it's not an annoying person law, right? It's like mm. <laughs> being quiet. Yeah, the act of annoyance, yeah. <laughs> uh, has anyone been fined by this? I, I've not heard of anyone. Yeah, because this is an obscure law. I don't even know. Really <laughs> Maybe after we say this, a lot of people, aha! And then it will start... <laughs> Reporting to the police and it's our fault. <laughs> and I say, damn it, why am I suddenly charged with a uh, fine for being annoying? <laughs> Please beware. Will this work if it's via online as well? Because I know there are a lot of annoying people online. Oh, right? yeah, that's a good point, right? Like people who mm. on, on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever. Yeah. Like, Somebody for example, it's a TikToker or who is very irritating. So <laughs> you, you could just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if a million people find your post annoying? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you get you know be fined individually for those one million people? Ooh, <laughs> That's a good money. point. And also, that'll like, be... how do they judge this? <laughs> that it's true that he is really annoying, right? Mm. <laughs> it's just a no, lot a, of a judge will have to judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Judge, is, so is it annoying weird. for you? Yes. Mm. Nah, it's not annoying or whatever. Next one is an election tie will have to be broken by drawing of lots. <laughs> Can you imagine like you've spent so much money on, on your election campaign and then at the end of the day it's just drawn by lots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. <laughs> According to this article, right, it happened during the last 2013 general elections, two candidates literally tossed a coin for the mayorship of the town of San Teodoro in Oriental Mindoro after both men wound up tied in the race. Gosh. Wow. 
Well, the whole method may look whimsical, it's actually covered by the Omnibus Election Code, which states that the Board of Canvassers shall proceed to drawing of lots of the candidates who have tied and shall proclaim as elected candidates who may be favored by luck. <laughs> it is also supported by Comelec, and apparently drawing of lots is not unique to our electoral system. Several states in the U.S. use this method as well. But for us, it's popularity vote, right? So that means the odds of actually having a tie is slim, right? Like it has to be the exact, let's say, 500,001 <laughs> votes for candidate A and this exact same 500,001 for candidate B. Yeah, but it actually happened though, right? Like what are yeah. the odds? <laughs> I mean, the odds of it happening are slim, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. Even if it does, you, you will be angry, right? For For somebody maybe... Yeah, who Your didn't auntie go? <laughs> didn't vote because you know he she went to the salon. And, and <laughs> yeah, didn't want the finger to be dirtied by the solid <laughs> by the indelible ink. Auntie, you should have voted. Then I lost the <laughs> coin toss. Yeah, and I think after that you will probably interrogate all of your friends and relatives. Can I see your finger? Can you prove that mm. you actually voted <laughs> and that you voted for me? This is a toss coin. Who gets to call heads or tails? I don't know. I guess they just that's an AC. They just decide, right? Whoever. No. What? What if? What if the one candidate really prefers heads and the other also wants heads? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they should just Jack and Poi, and then <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you have too I think many Jack questions. and Poi is better, and then Jack and Poi, right? And then one candidate loses, and they'll be like, oh, it's best of three, right? So we need to go one more. <laughs> but it would be very annoying indeed. Yes, I agree mm. that if I lost just because you know of a toss coin, I would be very annoyed. And then I, I, will, I will sue the other person as an annoying person. <laughs> <laughs> 200 pesos though. Only 200 pesos. Okay, so the last one on the list that we picked is you can legally kill people. Okay, this is interesting. <gasps> How do you do it? Ooh. So under Article 247 of the Revised Code, anyone who having surprised his spouse in the act of committing sexual intercourse with another person shall kill any of them or both of them in the act or immediately thereafter or shall inflict upon them any serious physical injury shall suffer the penalty of destiero. And it says here that expected overwhelming outrage and the need to vindicate one's honor would form the rationale of why killing is allowed under these circumstances. On the other hand, the siero or mere banishment of the killer would be to prevent the deceased's family from retaliating against him. So it's not that the killer can just get away with it scot-free, right? The siero is actually the, his, what, what was it? <laughs> that Seldran did earlier, he's banished, right? Like, um, mm. uh, he needs to go somewhere else. So I guess it's like, you know, what was that in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they, they were sent to Florida, something like that. So maybe he needs to have a new identity. Maybe not. Maybe that's too much. But maybe far away, right? Yeah. You just need to distance yourself from, from whoever is remaining. Like yeah, like, for example, mm. if... You're in Cebu and then you killed your wife, then obviously you have just Destiero, then maybe you need to go to Manila, something like that. It could be, but who would pay though? <laughs> That's <laughs> a good question. You don't have money to, to pay for Cebu Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe you need to pay for it yourself because it's your fault. Why did you go and kill? I don't know. I mean, I understand that, of course, it's a crime of passion and you cannot really control your feelings, blah, blah, blah. But I think it still seems wrong that you can just get away with like okay it's fine that happens <laughs> I mean in other countries if you kill someone in the act of that it's called a crime of passion okay it's not murder because it's not premeditated you will get mm. lesser sentence but you would still get a sentence right you would get a manslaughter or I'm not sure um, something like that but apparently in the Philippines you don't even get that you just get this tiero. So you're right you're right interesting right I hope this will not give people idea, but you can't really judge, right? Because in the moment, you probably are furious. You see all red. What are you doing? That's my wife. Ah. Yeah, yeah, mm. of course. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, not a lot, but there have been people who have done that mm. because you're seeing red and, you know, just cannot control yourself. And then maybe for some reason, yet a deadly pana. But what if, though, like, this is surprised his spouse in the act, right? But what if the other party already knows? Like, what if the guy already knows? Yeah, but, but that's then... the thing, right? He can pretend that he didn't know. Mm. And then... Yeah. Or if you really want to kill your wife for some reason, you could just hire someone to pretend to be her lover and then you have an excuse to kill the wife. Ooh, that's very morbid. <laughs> you can get, <laughs> and then you can get away to another place. Um, I don't know. I've been watching too many detective yeah, shows or like something a novel again. Waiting to write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to write that novel, the what will be the title? <laughs> Legally, I don't know. <laughs> no, but I just suddenly remembered something that actually that mm. can happen because I just remembered there is a very popular. An influencer, her name is Abby Choi. She was killed by her ex-husband and his family. Mm. You watch the show You, right, on Netflix? Abby Choi, no. Not Abby Choi, but You on Netflix, you know that show? Ah, You. Yes, yes, yes right? Yes. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like that because they found the body parts chopped up and <sighs> legs are in the fridge, part of it is in the soup, that kind of thing. I don't know if they were watching that show and decided to, I mean, they got their idea from there. That, you know, they chopped up the body parts, right? It could be, right? Like, there's a lot of influence from media. Like, if you watch a certain show... And then you get the idea from that. I, they probably did. Mm. People do crazy things, you know, to their yeah. spouse, basically, or ex-spouse, I guess. My point is, if he were in the Philippines, he could just hire someone to pretend to be, <laughs> to be her lover, catch mm. them in the act, and then, you know, he doesn't need to chop her up. I don't know. That's where my mind no. went anyway. Don't but do yeah. that. Don't be annoying. Don't do that. <laughs> don't be annoying and don't be a murderer, basically. Don't be a murderer, yes. yes. I guess to close this, to be fair, Philippines isn't the only country to have outdated laws. Like Even first hmm. world countries in the USA or even Singapore, they have their own as well. I guess it's just good to know about this law so that we don't end up accidentally breaking one because ignorance of the law excuses no one, right? You can right. be annoying and you're fine. You're like, oh, I didn't know that that was a law. That's not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I'm in the Philippines, I will do my best not to be annoying. <laughs> what yes. about you? What will you avoid doing in the Philippines after finding out about this? Yeah, not to be annoying as well and not excuse myself for not knowing the law and then I will be double annoying. <laughs> <laughs> 
what? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, now you're being annoying again. <laughs> Double fine for you. Four hundred pesos in total, please. Oh my god. Pay. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Now, cuties, if you find any of these laws interesting, or if we didn't cover anything, if we missed something, please let us know. If you have any further comments. Let us know via our Instagram account at BananaQPodcast or email us at BananaQPodcast at gmail.com and your answers might be featured on the next Cutie Minute. Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it Cutie Minute. Okay, our first cutie is in relation to episode 103, Misconceptions About Filipinas Dating Foreigners. And this one's from Zen Zero Cook. She says, I sus expert ko ani na topic because I'm married to a foreigner. When we went to the Philippines together for the first time in 2014, the stares and the condescending comments came left, right, and center. It's like, ako daw ang nakahit the jackpot. But the funny thing is, I'm the sole breadwinner of our family doing three jobs. So, don't say jackpot, but <laughs> also there is a big difference of what race of foreigner you marry. Put, I don't want to generalize, but I've seen it especially with family asking and making comments na may gani puti ang ako na marry kay para guapa or guapo ang liwat or enhance the genes. I'm like WTF. Interesting. <laughs> but that's They're, true though. That's what they say if you mm. marry a white person, right? <laughs> mm. So that the kids will have good genes, blue yeah. eyes. And they say they can the kid can be um an actor or an actress. <laughs> that's usually the comment. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's usually the motivation, right? Mm. My gosh. Yeah. Interesting. Very nice. Thank you, Zenzira Cook. Yeah. So our next cutie is Eroragia, and she had a comment on episode 106, Travel. And she said, One of my favorite travel in the Philippines is when we went to Batanes. When I was a kid, I used to dream of visiting the place. I first fell in love with Batanes after watching Five and Up when they featured the beauty and serenity of the place. I am happy that before we moved to Canada, me and my husband got to experience Batanes, fulfilling one of my childhood dreams that time as a birthday treat to myself. I'm also glad to experience traveling alone in a foreign country like China and Singapore as my last array before I got married. Yeah, Batanes is actually one of those popular places in the Philippines mm. that I want to go to because I've never been there. Me too. I've yeah. Never been. But I think it's a bit harder to go there or something. I, I, I know that it's more expensive. Maybe the flights are limited or whatever. Not sure. But yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, thank you for the tip. Eroragia, I want to consider going to Batanes next time. <laughs> next, Cutie is in relation to episode 108, Philippine National Symbols. And this is from Rico Trajo. And he says, Kumusta po? Ooh. It was a really good episode. Thank you. I visited Philippines for the first time last month and it was love at first sight. Wow. Thank you for that. Love at first sight. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> the most animals I saw on the way was Askar. <laughs> Asung Kalie. I easily agree with you that it could easily be a national animal. 
But I also saw a couple of genuine kalabaw. Okay, ah. Genuine kalabaw, but as you've mentioned, Rico Trajo, Ascal is everywhere in the Philippines. <laughs> but a funny story happened about the Filipino signs. When I first saw my fiancé's brother, he moved his eyebrows up and down to greet me. Up and down? Okay. Like that, I, guess. I was confused because that means flirting in Finland. <laughs> Keep up the great episodes, Paalam. Wow. <laughs> that is dangerous. In Finland, Filipinos probably are flirting <laughs> by mistake. <laughs> yeah, and I was saying, okay, noted, I shouldn't do that in Finland. Or maybe I should do it. I don't know, whichever. <laughs> yeah, because we frequently do that, right? Like, hey, yeah. how are you? Then exactly. you, you move your eyebrows up and down. It's like, if, even if the, you don't say anything, you just... Uh, you know, it's like your way of saying hi sometimes. Yeah, Maybe or, it's from afar. If somebody calls you by your name, in, instead of responding, you could look at that person and, and also raise your eyebrows, right? Mm. Like, to acknowledge that. Recognition, you know, you've heard. yeah. Acknowledging that, oh, I've heard, yes, what is it? <laughs> and then, ooh, why are you flirting? <laughs> Spicy. Maybe that's Thank what you, Rico Trajo. Like that is a like... good tip. <laughs> Finland, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> to do that or not do that? <laughs> to do that and confuse people. Okay, that is a good that's a good idea. <laughs> to do that and annoy people. Because being annoying is not penalized in Finland. That's I hope. true. Yeah, that's true. You can be as annoying as you want, probably. <laughs> Alright, so if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening right now. And by the way, if you are a first-time listener, I compiled um, a list of episodes that I think you could start with if you're confused. Like, okay, there are so many episodes. Where do I begin? I, and I Where put it on I Instagram. Begin? Where do I begin? Yeah. So you can go on Instagram and follow us there. And in one of the highlights, I made where to start. And then you can start mm. there. All right. Awesome. That's it for now. That's it, Pansi. Bye. Bye.